Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball's Group Therapy. It is 11.15 on Wednesday, November 16th. For those of you who are listening on the recording, for those of you who are here live, the Dallas Mavericks just suffered perhaps... I mean, it sucks. We're only 13 games into the season, and we've had like four just terrorizing losses, the kind of loss that we'll hopefully look back at later on in the season and laugh, but I don't know. I, I, I was talking with our man, Chris, who who's already requested to chat last night. And I laughed because I had a feeling that this was a not good game. I am having a very hard time with this because my fandom is based off of a lot of two thousands Mavericks suffering Wrong things happening at the wrong time, resulting in a lot of poor feelings. And frankly, like, I love watching the team, but there's also just like a sense of existential dread that hangs over. You win the 2011 finals, that wipes some of that away, but that does not wipe away 2006, 2007, 2010, 2009, 2004, 2003, 2002. Some of the really terrible things that we have experienced as Mavs fans and when you watch this roster and you watch the roster that Josh Bow and I have yelled about for years there is simply it, it, it's it was such gross unwatchable basketball put on by a team of players who are held up by Luka Doncic's greatness Every single one of the players on that roster. Some of them might be NBA players, yes, but they have all been made to look a hell of a lot better because Luca exists. There's an odd subset of the fandom that exists to point out how, hey, you know, when Luca's not on the floor, these things happen. You know, since 2018, when they drafted Luca and they drafted Jalen. Every single external move, meaning draft and free or draft and free agency, has sucked. Has sucked. I'm even going to put Reggie in that column tonight, even though I love Reggie Bullock. It sucks. It's a team that's bored. Like to lose to the worst NBA team in the league, which is the Houston Rockets. They are a YMCA team that found each other and just started playing basketball one day in the fashion that they did, where they got blocked like 37 times is inexcusable for Jason Kidd to watch a 15-0 run to close the first half is inexcusable hit an open shot boys playing Faku Compazzo, Josh Green uh Tim Hardaway Dwight Powell and Frank Nilakina at the same time is such an indictment on this entire team building structure I don't know where to go well, I've been ranting for five straight minutes. I suppose it's time for you guys to come up here and tell me how you feel about things because maybe I'm wrong. You know, the fact that this, this the group, the starting lineup group scored 27 points combined, none of them in double digits, is one of the most embarrassing things I've been a part of as a Mavericks fan. All right, you guys know the drill. Listen for your name. Come up, give your take. Let's hop off and move on with this because I don't really want to be here too long, even though this is some therapy. Let's hang out for a minute. All right, coming up first is my man, Ruben. How you doing, Ruben? Doing all right. All right. You pretty much took every word out of my mouth, so I guess I'll... That's okay. Say it again. <laughs> I'll be super Say it again quick. so that the people understand because I take a lot of shit from it. <laughs> I'm serious. We, I take a lot of shit for being negative. Hey. I get fucking tired of this because Luca is the is is the glue that holds everything together. So when I'm right about the small thing, or like when I'm right about the small things, he makes everything else look like it wasn't a problem. And it's just like when he doesn't play, like what? Like that was that was one of the worst Mavs games I've ever seen. My mom's gonna call me in the morning. She calls me after most Mavs games, and she's gonna like tell me like Kirk. What was that? <laughs> it was it was a scrimmage. No, I'm just playing. But literally, Luca's just surrounded by role players. Um, literally. And Spence's if you know, if he had his legs tonight, he maybe could have created more of his own shots, but even sure, he, he looked fast, he was super tired. But literally the only players we have on this team that can create their own shot, like 
and not be fed um, is, you know, and not worry about them is pretty much Luca and Spence. I'm taking THJ out of that because he just he <laughs> kills take you. A shot. <laughs> he kills. He'll take a shot and think he's getting in his bag, but no, he he kills you and it's detrimental to the team when he does it. But that this this game just shows you it's just a bunch of role players. Some role players are better than others. Like you know, C Wood, he can kind of create it, but he has to get fed as well. Um, and you know, we kind of talked in the seven seventy seven spaces on Twitter and stuff. But this is literally nobody on this team can be a basketball player without Luca helping them, I guess. Um, and I hope, you know, J-Kid, Cuban, Nico take a long, hard look and see that we don't we don't need an all-star big. We don't need um, another all-star role player. We need a guy who can come in here and be a star next to Luca and Create his own highlight reels, you know, slam dunk, hit threes, pass it even, but not any other type of overpaid role players. So um, so did you see today on social media, SJ, who I don't think is in here tonight, she posted this clip of Maxi uh, from uh, probably three years ago. He was a skinny Maxi at that time. Fake. I saw that. Yeah. He pumped fake Joel Embiid and drove into the lane and dunked. And apparently that happened three times that game against 76ers from several years ago. And that was piggybacking off of a clip from Mavs draft uh, who showed this, this play from, from last night's game uh, against the Clippers where Maxi pump faked and stepped in to what should have been an easy open shot or a drive to the rim. And instead he passed out to Tim Hardaway on the left wing as in the first quarter for a horrendous shot. And we're seeing elements of the Mavs like, older Mavs players because they are older that at this point in the season now that they could turn this around but Maxi Reggie and to a certain extent Dorian look like pumpkins right now and And you said early in the season you cannot call the Mavericks a young team anymore you hit it right on the head as much as like I don't trust those three players to dribble even though you know back in the day yeah maybe they could I mean Dorian just is now learning to I don't know if Reggie ever could that well. Um, Sometimes he'll hit a, a little floater here and there. Sure. But um, these guys are like we we pay we pay to keep role players far too long. Let's I know we fall in love with our players like we, it, as fans, as Dallas Maverick fans, as coaches here. Even um, Rick, you know, felt felt um, you know to that you know overpay. Oh, let's keep Powell. Let's keep giving him. Contracts after contracts after contracts. No, you you show what these players can do. If another team wants them, get their picks or get a player that you actually can use and that fits you. Not keep paying. You can find a Maxi. You can find another Reggie. You can probably find another Dodo out here. But I'm not saying like, hey, trade all these guys away. But just know they have their limits and you know what you need to take the next step. Now, I'm not – like, we even say this during wins. I don't know what to take from this game. All I'm taking away is that we know what we need, and it's right here in black and white. We need a superstar. It doesn't even have to be a point guard. It just has to be somebody that can dribble, hit a three, or even dunk, but preferably all those three, and put them next to Luka and let them create. Spence is, like I said, Spence is doing okay, but he has to be your number three. He can't he's shown he cannot be he's not your next superstar. But you add that with maybe a Seawood you can feed, but he can create a little bit and we're off. We're 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 printing money. But yeah. Um this would have been a good game for the young guys. I'm mad they couldn't play. Um real sad Which, for what is that? Hardy. Why are um, they not there? And, and I, it's on the schedule. This shit exists. Yeah, like they couldn't plant like in the I thought uh, I saw Callie said like Hardy not even playing for the legends. Yeah, they're in Mexico City, and they won, and that's nice. But we all know that's not comparable to right, NBA basketball. Like, right. 15, like, I would have much, at least we could have drawn something. The Hardy you know? can dribble and create his own. He's young, but he's he's growing. I'd rather see them fail than vets look horrible. Um, yeah. But that's all I have to say, man. Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks mm-hmm. for hanging out. No problem. All right. Coming up next is my man Chris. How are we doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm pretty uh 
I don't even know if Mavs therapy, group therapy is even – I'm surprised we're actually having a session tonight because that game was so bad that I don't think any kind of therapy is going to fix this shit. Like, this is – Well, unlike the Mavericks, I fucking show up every night. <laughs> Same here. Uh, I, I pain through it. I saw the whole game, and it's just – I mean, I, we, we really are the worst team in the NBA without Luka. It, it's, it's so depressing, and I'm watching the Knicks and – Nuggets game right now. Man, I just miss Brunson. I mean, I just still can't believe. And, you know, fuck the New York Knicks. I swear to God. The whole Brunson <laughs> thing, the whole Porzingis thing. We have Frank Nilakina. What the hell was Phil Jackson thinking, even drafting that guy? Like, he sucks. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. I mean, our pain from the past is from the fucking Knicks, dude. Like, I don't know. It, our, pa- just... our pain is from our owner and from the previous GM who were clearly not invested in modern basketball other than just willy-nilly shoot-from-the-hip horse shit that existed for close to 10 years after Dirk won the title where everybody convinced themselves that they knew what they were doing and they were the smart guys in the room. Yeah, them blowing up that 2011 Dacic, team was like one of the worst. Uh, yeah, it was just... It, they could have run that one back, and you just you just never know. But I mean, this whole um, God dang man. So what? Okay, I'm, I'm gonna say hypothetically, what what happens with the worst case scenario, right? This whole draft uh, that we owe the Knicks. And I'm I'm thinking worst case scenario, right? Let's say Luca gets injured. We are by far the worst team in the NBA without him. If that happens, like, is our pick protected? Like, yeah, it's top ten protected. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So that that's that's the worst case scenario. I mean, that's yeah. not that's not too bad that happened. Hopefully, Luca doesn't get injured. Obviously, but no, I know what you mean. Um, but trade wise, they're this gonna season, like, they've got they've got to do something. They've got. They're to not do gonna something. though. There is no help coming. There is no help coming unless they want to sacrifice for a short term thing. When Josh and I talked about taking our medicine, unfortunately, this is an element of it. <sighs> so, basically, just get through the season and. Hopefully, Luca goes nuclear like he did. We're just not going to get to the Western Conference Finals with this. Dude, team. I don't know if we're going to get in. Like, it's going to be this. This feels like a play-in team. It really does. Oh, this is so. It sucks that happens, and you know, we just save up all these draft, these first-round future draft picks. I mean, we can kind of blow our load at once and get a superstar. But then I'm kind of worried that we get a player that you know doesn't mesh with Luca, quote unquote, and then you know, well. unhappy, and then we lose all the those draft picks for kind of like the whole Rondo thing. Then we give up like three first round picks and two second round picks and a few players for Rondo. I wasn't, I don't know if you remember the trade on that one. It's there. There's some like, there's some darkness out there right now. (laughs) My friend at biased slightly has a tweet about 20 minutes ago. And he said, I have a horrible feeling the Mavs next all in move. It's going to involve a certain washed-up shooting guard on the Warriors. And, God, if that just scares the shit out of me. Because it's just the most early 2000s Mavs move. Which, that stuff was fun. But, like, Clay Thompson has been so horribly injured. And it's just like, that's... Yes, we always get damaged goods from, like, um, the Lakers, maybe. because, Because, Chris, that's where it's like, team building is extremely important. And the Mavericks do not value the draft. So if you do not value the draft and you're not good at free agency, what are you left with? Yeah. You are left with internal development. We and got Hardy and he's down and, you know, they got to call him up for this game. They knew, they knew they were going to rest Luca several days ago. Just call, call up one of them. Jesus Christ. Like, Oh, you're having Faku Compazzo out there. Like it's just, hor- it, this was a horrible game. Like, I, I, I don't even know what else to say. I, I'm disgusted and I'm usually positive as you know, about this, but this whole thing, there's going to be basically at the end of the season, we're going to say any bad team that we play, we lost to. It doesn't matter if it was at home or away. Like that's going to affect us. We're not going to get home court advantage. So just the way, I mean, we're 13 games in. This is just, this, this looks horrible. Like, I'm sorry. I don't think I have anything else to say. I'm, just, I'm pissed off at this team right now. Well, thank you for hanging out. We appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I see a couple of people in the chat that are saying, I'd like Clay. And I'm like, guys. I implore you to go watch Golden State Warrior game. He is not good, and it's unfortunate because he was unbelievable. Oh, hey, Josh is in the in the chat. <laughs> Josh, you're supposed to be taking the night off. I know, doing? I know, I know. Um, I'm I've basically been taking the night off, but uh, firing off takes. Yeah, I know in the Slack. Um, 
I think what's crazy about this game, I don't know what you, you know, I'll listen to uh, what you recorded with Matthew when that, uh, later, maybe later tonight. Um, but like, what's so funny is like that, that Rockets team was one of the worst NBA teams I've watched. They're atrocious. Like they're so bad. And that's what I should be get fired. over. He should be embarrassed. I, could, I couldn't get over it. I mean, you look at the, what they did. They had 20 turnovers. They're starting a lot of, <clears throat> Excuse me. Their starting lineup alone had 17. Uh, Kevin Porter and Jalen Green, their two best uh, perimeter players, had bad nights. Um, I mean, they each scored 17 points, so they looked like Hall of Famers compared to the to the Mavericks. But <clears throat> I mean, Green was five of 15. Porter was six of 14. They each had five turnovers. Eric Gordon, who's like the one NBA vet that can like do things, he was three of nine, one of four. <laughs> they're they're uh, I you know they're uh, top three overall, you know, pick uh, Smith was three of 10 from the floor, 10 points. Uh, he had a couple good defensive plays, but like they, they didn't play like the Rockets played a horrible game for the most part. I mean, yeah. they had some decent defensive energy. I mean, with the 19 blocks, but like, you know, I, I could feel it coming when this game was about to end. Everyone was like, ah, schedule loss, no Luca. No, you know, not what are you going to do? And I was like, loss. no, this, this team was – this is one of the worst teams I've seen in, like, the last two or three. Like, this felt – this Rockets team feels kind of like uh, the process Sixers before they drafted Okafor and Embiid. Like, it's – they have no direction. They weren't running sets. I mean, every single – how many – dude, didn't they have, like, four out of, like, six possessions in the third quarter that they just didn't get a shot off? Like, the shot clock expired? Like, yeah. this team was – this team they were playing against was a joke. I couldn't believe, like, I just couldn't believe it. It was, uh, it's one of the more mystifying losses I've seen them have. And again, the Rockets won by nine. Like, they won going away. Convincingly. It's convincing. It's not not like the Mavericks missed a shot at the buzzer or the Rockets threw in, like, a half-court prayer uh, for the game winner. Like, Well, what's so obvious about this is that they do not have an offense. Um, Yeah. It, it, Wait, which team? Both? Well, the Rockets, too, but the Mavericks also. Yeah. It, it's really just, like, glorified mismatch hunting and, and yep. dreck. And yep. so there's been kind of an ongoing, like, proxy war amongst Mavs social media. It's it's on Twitter. It's on Reddit. It's everywhere where it's like, why is Reggie Bullock playing? Why isn't Josh Green playing? Guys, if this is the argument, then everything is already lost. Those two guys shouldn't be enough to make a difference, but they are indicative of the entire roster building problem. I love Reggie. I really think Reggie's going to turn around. That doesn't matter. That's not the point. If Reggie is this important, excuse me, if Reggie is this important to the Mavericks winning, then then they're in a much darker place than we want to admit. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean... They, I mean, he was their workhorse in the playoffs last year. I mean, him and him and um, him and Finney Smith. I mean, they basically played like what forty-two minutes a night for like three, for like three a month, months, basically. So yeah, um, wonder if I hope that's not having any repercussions on this season. Um, well, know, I mean, I don't know if you're gonna know. like. How could it? Cause they went out and got yeah. Javale McGee, and we're like, you know what? We need to play big ball. <laughs> I don't. I'm yeah. I'm not convinced at all. Jason Kidd understands why they won. I'm just not. He wants to play yeah, a certain I mean, did way. You see he the, wants to recreate the fucking bubble Lakers, which were a hoax of a basketball team that won primarily <laughs> because uh, uh, Anthony Davis shot 40% from three and Dwight Howard never gets called for a fucking foul. Fraud-ass <laughs> team. Uh, did you see it? I don't know if you talked about it yet, but did you see the Jason Kidd quote where he's like, we actually got more shots without Luka. We just didn't didn't make them. I was just which like, goes, oh Which goes to prove, like, Logan Thompson from As Moneyball wrote a piece about Pace where it's like, oh, so Pace is their friend. Yeah, geez. But um, so I, I don't want to keep it on too long. You know, I want, I want you know, we talk all the time, so I don't want to take That's up true. too much of the time. <laughs> um. But so the funny thing is, I just want to get this on the record if it because ha- if it happens, it's going to be really funny. Um, so their next six games <laughs> are against Denver twice, Boston, Toronto, Milwaukee. Then they play Golden State and Detroit. So and Golden State's in a bad place, but they're still they're Golden sure. State. They're still Golden. Steph Curry um, exists. Yeah, he just scored. I mean, they lost, but Steph just scored fifty tonight. Uh, so um, they're still yeah. 
and they're still dangerous. But I just, I had a feeling, I was talking to with our, our mutual, um, I think Matt Sullivan, who, who sometimes is in the screen room, but guy that, uh, one of our uh, readers and listeners that we engage with online, good dude. Um, he was like, I just have a feeling that they're going to be, they're going to win most of these games. And like, he was like, I have a feeling they're going to go at worst four and two because like that, that's that what this right. team is. They're, they're the chaos team, right? They're going to, they're probably going to go four and two or better against, against these next six, six games. Then they're going to lose to either like Golden State or Detroit. And we're going to go ahead. And what's going to happen is after those six games, everyone's going to be like, oh, the Mavs are fixed. Uh, why were you Turk, freaking out that start? Yeah, like they're they're fine. If you hate, if you doubt this team, you're a hater. And then they're going to lose to Detroit. And then we're all like the pitchforks are going to come out and everyone's going to go crazy and shit their pants again. Like I, I just, I just have a gut feeling that's going to happen. Um, and, and who knows? They might get lucky again because I mean I don't know if Jokic is going to be back. Yeah. For uh, health and safety protocols by the time they play on Friday, so the NBA is like giving this team like so many chances to like. I mean that like uh, their record is is, is high key very like they're eight and six right now. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Yep. Um. Okay. Well, thank you for hanging out, Josh. Yeah, that's it. You get you get to you get to the good the good fans that I'm sure are much much more pissed off than I am. <laughs> you watch, which this is game. fine. People should show. be pissed off. I thought you were going to go sucked. play like Warzone and have some fun tonight. You're like, nope, I'm going to uh, watch the Rockets. I just I had to know. I'm going to go do that now and then go to bed. All right, later, buddy. All right, Addison, welcome back. It's been a long time. How are you? Hit the unmute there. Yeah, good man. How have you been? I am, you know, I've been better. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough, man. Yeah, look, this loss, I mean, I can't remember, I saw someone said it on Twitter that they're not too mad about this loss, you know, second line of the back-to-back, and, you know, we got a lot of open shots, didn't go down. But the thing I'm most annoyed about this team, and I'm keen to hear your opinion on this, is our role players can't do enough. There are guys like Bullock, there are guys like Finney Smith, even like Kleber. They just need to be able to do a little bit more for us to be good. You know, we played the Clippers the other night. If, you know, Marcus Morris, he took, you know, he had a a little bit of a post game there, you know, some mid-range. Like, the reason Luca's usage rate is so high is because if it's not a stand-and-shoot three-point shot, these guys can't do anything. And it's so frustrating the amount of times, even if they pass open an open shot and try to take a drive, they step out of bounds. They just don't know what to do with it. There's nothing that they can do apart from shoot an open three. And if that's not falling, then there's nothing There's nothing there on offense. There's absolutely nothing. It's crazy. Well, if that's yeah. not an accurate, you know, it's, it's when these things work, they really work for the Mavericks. But when, hmm. you know, they, they don't – Josh Bo, who's just on, just described this a little – he did this on Twitter earlier today where he's essentially making the argument of when we're talking about playmakers, we don't necessarily mean point guards. We mean yeah. Yeah. players who can do something other than their single skill – the other than the single skill which makes them an NBA player. And the Mavericks yeah. they have one guy, and that's Dinwiddie. I mean, I know – Josh Green makes an argument because he can dribble, but Josh Green, like, like, I just yeah. Even Tim Hardaway, you know, there's a little bit there he can drive. Tim like thinks he can do everything, and then Tim, yes, Tim is Tim is a crisp ten of thirty three from the floor the past two games. So I yeah, no, it was it was a bit rough, but like to be fair, I would rather have him who actually at least feels like he can do stuff rather than Bullock who just goes of three and just won't shoot and won't even do anything. That's like right. we need people out there who are threats to score and these guys just aren't providing it. You know, it's, it's a front office problem. I think as we're currently constructed, it's just so hard to well, expect. Free agency more is always people. a lot harder than we make it out to be because there's really one of these yeah. things that, that players kind of have it in their heads where they're going to go even before, you know, probably before the season even ends. Cause those kind of discussions happen. But the Mavericks just have have had such a narrow build for what they want out of a team. 
And it, it, that's why, like, the Reggie Bullock signing, we're all pretty excited about that. Actually. Oh, it's Reggie. It's a guy. That's interesting. Because in 2019, we had watched them take KP out to dinner and then effectively do nothing. Um, yeah. And then 2020 wasn't really that much better. They they traded for Josh Richardson, who is such a single-use player. I don't know what to do with him. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just it's tough where I know Luke is going to dominate the ball, but, you know, you get to the NBA level – you got to have guys that are willing to put the ball on the floor and do stuff. Like it's so like, true. Exactly. It's so frustrating. It is. And I've, I've had a change of heart recently, like with our picks and stuff, we're obviously, you know, there's some talk about not wanting to trade, you know, picks in the hopes that next off season or whatever, we can trade for another star. I'm kind of just at the point where I don't know whether another superstar is the answer. Like I would rather have capable role, play. I would rather go the 2011 route having, you know, Miles Turner, some other capable wing players. You know, I'd rather, I feel like it's a more reliable way to build than throw out two or three, four firsts in the hopes that a star works out. I don't know what your opinion is on this, but yeah, that was, that's been my thinking recently is I don't know whether throwing all that eggs into one basket again, kind of like what we did for KP is the answer. I would just rather get some form of a capable roster that Luca actually has a chance to carry. Yeah, I don't really have any good solutions or ideas because they try new things. They bring in Javale. I mean, and and Javale that that's that's the, been the big answer for the last. Oh man, it's so sure. disappointing. Well, I mean, it's it it's wild. So like, like I, if if we're gonna do this, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Yeah, why yeah, are you sure. doing bringing in a GM that has precisely no front office experience? Maybe it'll work out one day. Sure as hell. Well, no. Yeah. Just me. Yeah. I mean, at least, like, for the playoffs, I think it's a good sign that we're beating the better teams. We always seem to step up to the better teams and step that's down true. to the worst teams. So, I, at least, I think that's the one bright spot we have for when we eventually get, like, the whatever, the sixth seed, seventh seed in the playoffs because yeah. we can't beat the crappy teams. Anyway, that's all I had. Uh, yeah, you have a good rest of your night, man. All right. Thanks for hanging out. Talk soon. Okay, coming up next, then, we have Ashan. Good morning, Ashan. How are you? Give my man a second for his audio to kick in. Uh, remember, if, if you switch out of the app, sometimes it doesn't let you, uh, the audio thing doesn't connect. So, might have to invite you and bring it back up on here in a few minutes. Um, okay. Nope, nope, do not want to ban Ashan. Um, let's go with Krishna. How you doing? Give Krishna a second. Kirk, how are you? I'm okay. What's up? Um, you can't sigh big enough for how horrific, to put it mildly, this loss was. Yeah. Um, I, I felt this way the entire season. I knew Javale McGee was not really going to do anything. I thought maybe he'd be minimal. No, he's not. He's been absolutely horrific, like you predicted, and you're correct. Um, Jason Kidd doesn't know what he's doing. He's never known what he's doing. I think the best thing he thinks he does is man management, and he did, he's done that to a pretty piss-poor way in any senses. Uh, I, I, I'm just done right now. Like I, This was my expectation. I saw this team, and I saw what they did against so many teams this season, against so many bad teams, against so many teams that were missing players, and I expected very little. Because it's not that I think these players individually are bad. It's that you have collectively put players that are not going to work in the system that you think you want to run instead of running a system that I think is actually good for players. And yes, there has to be improvements on the roster. I 100% agree with that. But no way do the Mavs play in a manner that is conducive to winning at all. And there's... This idea that the whole the Mavericks play so much freer than they did against Rick, which I think, yeah, Rick was strict at times, but we've also seen how playing so freely has completely bit them in the ass, where players now, in a sense, are way more afraid to do anything because they can do anything instead yeah. of being given something regimented to do. And it's, it's Maxi is so emblematic of this, where now that he can do anything he wants to do, he doesn't try things. 
and Tim can do anything he wants to do, that he tries too many things. And it's it's come to this head point where now, since so many other players can try things, but then they don't, it all ends up on Luca. And you're seeing it in a coach who doesn't know what he wants, what he thinks he wants to do on a team that has clearly collapsed over in LA. And he's trying to replicate that here when you have Luca, who's a very different player from anyone on that LA team, and you have players here who are not that. Why don't you look at the roster you have and actually understand what you can put together? Yes, are you going to be a top one to three seed in the West? No. But you can beat teams like Houston. You can beat teams like Orlando and Washington. You should be able to beat teams like that. You shouldn't be able to go and put up 92 points against the 32nd ranked defense in the league. That is actually pitiful. Like, Jason Kidd should not be sitting here saying, oh, we took more shots. It doesn't matter that you took more shots. You missed freaking 43s. <laughs> like, if you're shooting 50 half-court shots, it doesn't matter at that point. I could say, oh, you know, we took 50 half-court shots. We took a lot of shots. No. It's the quality of shots and who's taking them and how you get to those shots. And clearly, there is absolutely no regiment. Like, it's it's mind-boggling to me how not only – we are not just making mistakes. We've completely swung the pendulum to make mistakes on the absolute opposite end of the spectrum. And I, I can't even put it on the players on some level because yes, I am mad at Reggie that he's not looked great. I'm mad at Dorian. He's not looked great at times and even Maxi. but on some level, when does it come back to the coaches? Like uh, at some level, when do you have to hold Jason Kidd accountable for not being able to put in a plan for this at some level? Well, when whenever it'll not- be, it'll be a year too late. Yeah, of course. And we've seen that for far too long. Things are happening way too late. And a lot of what's happening with this roster are the consequences of when I started becoming a Mavs fan. I started becoming a Mavs fan post-2011, 2012, when, because no one in my family watched sports, so I had to get into the Mavericks myself. And 13 to basically 16 and 17, before the Mavs started tanking, they tried and they put horrific rosters up. We had players like Dewan Blair, Sam Dallenbear, D- Darren Williams, the end of his career. We had horrific players on this roster. And now instead of having the picks, having the young talent, having missed out on legitimate talent, you know, or actually trying to go for good talent, we have made mistakes on the few chances we've had and signed players who would be good on a roster with talent, but are now so relied upon that they cannot do and expand out of their role. We're expecting guys like Dorian and Maxi and Reggie to do more than they are. No, that is so unreasonable. Yeah. I am telling you, you put Dorian, Maxi, or Reggie on on Denver right now, Denver is easily the number one seed in the league right now. You put them on the Bucks. They are a much better team. It's not the player's fault on some level. It is so much so long-term management problems coaching problems, and now it's all on the players. And yes, the players played horrific, but it is so many long-term issues that this team is not going to fix instantly. And unless they shit their, like, eat their shit right now and actually get stuff together, this is not going to well, get any better. I just don't see where the help is coming from. Because when we're I don't either. Fit, I don't think it's coming. And I was pitching a fit at this point last season because the Mavericks were also playing like ass. Only Luca was weighing 270 and couldn't move. And we we're arguing in here with some of the people that are Luka Doncic super fans saying, oh, he's not fat. And it's like, yeah, guys, he was fat. And then he then then he got COVID and hurt his ankle. And then there was this sort of thing. So there's like there was cause to look forward to something. And then what happened is the calendar rolled over. Lucas started attacking the paint relentlessly and they stopped trying to do the wonky offense that they were running. And all of a sudden everything came together with Brunson playing well, Luca playing well, they sent KP away and things came together at the right time. And I don't understand. And I'm just not seeing where the things come together right now because Luca is playing at an MVP level. And that is all that's keeping them from being a bottom dweller team. I agree. I, to be honest, I came into the season thinking maybe they get a first round win. I was not optimistic about this team at all because outside of Luca, where are you getting really consistent play from? I like Spencer Dinwiddie. He's been good this season, but I'm not expecting Spencer Dinwiddie to be so consistent this entire season. 
I like, I obviously think Luke has a star, but outside of those two players, where are you getting the really consistent play from? Oh, wait, it's from the point guard you let go, who has one of the best turnover to assist ratios in the league. You let him go. You had no plan. You had, it, it seems absolutely rudderless. This is not a situation where you could wait two, three years down the line. Unfortunately, Luca is so good, and maybe fortunately Luca is so good, that you need to fix something right now. And you know what? I would rather this team take a legitimate swing, but I know the reality is that this team will not have a chance to take a swing. And when they take a swing, it will be horrendous. It will absolutely be horrendous. And I'm... It's just so much incompetence from the top to the bottom that it's affecting players and it's yeah. putting players in situations they should not ever be asked to. And it's it, it it's what the Western Conference Finals does to you. Oh, it's yeah, what yeah. it does no. to you as a team. Yeah. And I, I don't blame fans for wanting this excitement, having the expectation, because when you have an MVP-level player, you expect competence. You expect some level of team building. And this team has made mistake after mistake after mistake. And... Unless you stop the mistakes, it's going to keep happening. Well, the, the charitable read is that things haven't worked out. I try to always say it. I'm trying to say it more that way because I don't want to be a constant asshole. My, my gut instinct is to call these things mistakes. And I have, like, I, have a, I have a spreadsheet, a timeline that I could just go through and rip through some things. If, if anyone would ever really want it. But I don't want I mean, to do that in to me, season. It's not fun. It starts all the way in 2013. You no, draft well. Shane Larkin over <laughs> freaking Kelly Olynyk. Like, you draft guys who are not even in the league anymore multiple times over. Sure. Like, it's 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 not at that point. It's not, it's not luck. It is legitimate mistakes. It is an incapability to uh, to draft talent. And the only reason we ignore that on some level is because you get Dorian and Maxi. But minus Dorian and Maxi, where else have you got talent from? You look at where most of this talent on the roster has been acquired from. It's not been the primary reason they are acquired. Minus Reggie Bullock, most of the players on this team were not directly acquired because we wanted to acquire them. They are side pieces. They are players we just barely got by with. That is not how you build any roster. It's, right. it's, it's legitimately incompetent. You made a move so early on in Luca's career that it's hampered everything up to now. And the moves you've been making up to now have not adjusted to that. Have not made, you've not made anything of that. Yes, you want role players, but you don't want an entire squad of role players. You want some level of tiering, unlike you know any other squad. You want a level of tiering where you have a superstar have someone else capable on another level, then you have role players. Unfortunately, there's such a huge gap between your second best player and your and your best player that it's just when you don't have your best player, no one else can do anything, and I don't necessarily think it's just their fault. And part of that is on the coaching, and part of that is on the management, and a lot of that is on the long-term history and poor play and management of this entire franchise for a long, long time, where Luca and Dirk have kept this franchise seemingly seemingly they good. They paper over all the problems. That's exactly. what superstars do. But one of the challenges that I've always had, and you know, Mark too, too you know, Mark sort of called me out on this later. He's like, you were not near as as brutal with me as you probably wanted to be. Well, it was the first time I met him, so I didn't feel like being an asshole to a to a billionaire. Who knew? But when you Sometimes when, when you're surrounded by generational talent, you're surrounded by people that really elevate what you do. It, well, it, it convinces you that you're the main, like you're the, the genesis for the success. I mean, it should have, it should have, it should have woken you up. Like, I did picked, you not I realize Luka, like, 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 I don't know how long you followed me on Twitter. I decided five games into the Dennis Smith experience that he was not it and was like, Luca. <laughs> and, I, I it's not hard. Like, like some of this stuff is just not hard. Like superstar stuff. It's like, oh, no. look at Victor Wembanyama. He's going to be really good. It's like, come no. on, like, what are we doing? Like, like to me, I I don't understand what your hesitancy to play, paying Jalen was. I, I I don't want to gripe on that, but you really think you couldn't pay him and then trade him at all? Like at all? It, it, that's the level of ridiculousness I'm getting to. And you know, this t- this franchise is lucky. It's had Dirk and Luca back to back. Because you could be looking at a Cleveland Cavaliers situation 
post LeBron's first exit. And you know what? Like, it it could be way worse than that in the future because the level of incompetence in, on this franchise as a whole, like Dirk and Luca have not just papered over it; they've cemented over it. And now we're seeing the dead bodies rise up and stink up the place when those two are not here or when Luca is not playing. And it's going to get worse, unfortunately. It's only going to get worse until something happens. And I honestly don't know if that something will happen because someone makes a smart decision or someone is dumb. And, you know, you were just saying, like, why hire a GM, you know, who has no GMing experience? I agree with you on some level. But I also say, like, I feel bad for Nico because he probably came in because this organization was run absolutely poorly before he came in. And he was probably just came into like, hey, be a yes man. And I think that sucks for him. And I wish I just wish there was change. And unfortunately, the problem is when people who have a lot of success are in these positions, they think that, like you said, they are the catalyst for all that success without realizing all the privilege and all the luck and all the mistakes that possibly could have happened and avoiding any of that because they just look at the one time they had success and never look at the nine times they failed. Uh, well, thanks for hanging out, buddy. I'm going to get some more folks. All right. Sorry. I needed to, I hope everyone else has a good night. Sorry about that guys. Talk soon, buddy. No, no need. That's why this is therapy for a reason where I want people to come up here and and get their, their feelings out because otherwise they go and talk to other people who don't care. And when, then we annoy the people in our lives. (laughs) All right. Nav, what's up, my man? Welcome. Hey, um, actually was at the game tonight. Ooh. So you, how was, how was the crowd? Any energy there? Was it as dead as it felt? Uh, there was some energy. I was kind of, I was behind the uh, Rockets bench. So there's more Rockets fans around me, you know, a couple of obnoxious people, but um, the crowd seemed okay. It was the interesting thing, um, you know, seeing the game in person, like, I don't know, it sounds like a cliche, but i one thing I noticed um, was Christian Wood needs to be setting much better screens than he currently is. Oh, like, man. Like Nobody not, on the Mavs except for Powell can set a screen. Yeah, it, he's not at, like, Porzingis level bad, right? But he's still, like, seeing it in person, it was kind of like, oh, man, dude, what are you doing? Like, you're just you're just kind of, like, standing there kind of brushing up against him until you can go and try and get the ball. So that was a little annoying um, to see up front. Tim Hardaway Jr. was really, like, I, like, what, 26 shots to get 28 It's points. incredible watching yeah. his confidence with shitty yeah. shots. It was – it, it was terrible. It was worse being there for his. That was like probably the worst experience was just watching him just jack up stuff all night. Um, the other thing is you can uh, you can tell I I could see like they're still having trouble getting their sets and running the offense. Like there's a couple times where you know Dinwiddie was trying to orchestrate things and people weren't in the right place, and I could see like I could see the frustration in Dinwiddie's face, and he's like pointing and trying to correct people. And then he's just like, F it, I'm just going to jack a three because, you know, these guys aren't running the actual stuff. Yeah. So it's interesting to, you know, see that up in person. Other thing, I don't know if anybody else touched on this. Um, Houston had seven players in double figures. We had two. And, <laughs> and both of those guys were off our bench. Yep. And Right? And one of them is Tim Hardaway Jr., who, like I said, it took him 26 shots to get 28 points. So – that was a weird stat. The turnover stat this game was kind of like bonkers. Mavs only had six turnovers, and Houston had 23. And still, you know, we still couldn't, you know, get a win based based on that. And one of the things, you know how you keep talking about, obviously you know because you say it all the time, but your pet peeve is how Jason Kidd just seems to, you know, keep putting his hands in his pockets on the sidelines and not really doing much. My biggest pet peeve with him is after every single loss, he seems to just be like, well, we didn't just didn't make shots tonight. We just, our shots just didn't fall. Right. And that seems that, I don't know, I get annoyed by that because it's like we're not talking about the quality of shots. We're not talking about who's taking the shots. We're not talking about how we're getting the shots. It's, it's just annoying for him to try and brush off like shitty performances, you know, just by being like, oh, our shots didn't fall. It's like, dude, we don't have anybody who can do anything. Outside, yeah. like they built the roster where everything's designed around Luca. Luca's not there, and the roster can't perform, and everybody's like shocked. Like, but 
overall, I, I wasn't really expecting a win. I, you know, I got the tickets just because I knew they'd be cheap because Luca wasn't going to be there. So was able to get a pretty good deal on them. But yeah, overall, like moving forward, the, um, the only thing is I know, uh, is I would actually like to see, and you might, you know, kill me for this, but I actually would like to see like five minutes to 10 minutes of Composo off the bench. Nope. Nope. So, I okay. Just, so, I, I, did you see how far they blew off whenever he had an opportunity to shoot? Yeah, he can't shoot. He can shoot as good as I can shoot. Yeah. So, uh, so I agree with that. But I felt like how we always talk about Josh Green and Powell, how like they bring energy. Like he seems to be the only one of the few guys that like brings energy. Like he had a couple good steals. He yeah, we got good, really good steals. Good. The, both of them were cool because they were like like basically having to dance to get the steal. Yeah. And I felt like he had a couple of good defensive possessions, you know, like one of them led to that Frank three. It was nice to see Frank actually make a shot, but I don't know. I just felt like, like I'm trying to, you know, figure out with the roster currently as constructed moving forward. What do you, you know, what should we do? Cause we all agree that the roster, you know, we need help. Right. But everyone and everyone agrees, well, it's not going to happen this year. Right. So like trying to make, the best of the current circumstances, I would like to see more Christian Wood and Luca minutes, despite all the like more bonehead stuff that Christian Wood is doing. I'm I'm not as high on him as I was. You know, I'm the one that every come I keep coming on here bitching about how they don't play him enough minutes. After seeing him in person, I was like, oh, I kind of get it. But at the <laughs> same time, you know, at the same time, we don't have anybody else who can do anything. You know, like sure. he had one. He had one possession where it was like two two seconds on the shot clock, turn around, right. fade away. You know, it's like, yeah, I get it. He 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 has all these problems, but like no one else can do that. And that you know, and you know, at a certain point, right? Like this basketball is about make score more than the other team. We need people who can score. So I'd like to see more Christian Wood, Luca minutes, and then also um, I'd like to see you know we definitely need another guy who can dribble and orchestrate. And I think Composo it's worth throwing five minutes out a night just to, you know, five less minutes for Luca or Dinwiddie or something just to see, just to bring like energy, like maybe not every game, but just every now and then I felt like he showed enough tonight where I'd be like, okay, so like five minutes, I'd be like, okay, 23, definitely not. He's getting exposed. Um, but then also tonight, just being an indictment on the front office, like the fact that Jaden Hardy wasn't there, that really pissed me off. That's kind of like the thing that was most disappointing about, like we didn't even get to see this guy that this front office drafted, how that guy's going to be, you know, like what he's even capable of doing in an NBA floor right now. So that was annoying. But other than that, I thought pretty shitty win. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Shitty loss. Excuse me. Also, I was <laughs> no going to say, man. I was going to say one thing I thought was hilarious was Berton's. Three minutes, three fouls, three points. Three. I felt just the man just unconsciously shoots. It's so yeah. funny. He runs so hard. I love. Yeah. It's so funny watching him. Yeah, defense was bad though. Like he, his, you could really tell. Like he was sagging off. Yeah, just he hoping they don't blow by. Yeah, like he can't move laterally. Yeah, but yeah. Other than that, on to the next. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. Talk soon. Have a good one. All right. Got a couple more people, and then I want to go to bed. Uh, Brett, how you doing? Not good. I don't have much to say other than that, <laughs> as I said earlier, that if the Mavs had any self-respect as a team, they would fire Jason Kidd now. I obviously know that why that's not going to happen. But, like, I think I've probably compared it to this situation before. But the way that, you know, head coaches are handled in in most soccer leagues is much differently than in most, you know, American sports, where if you had, like, a result like this, and like and like a string of results like this, like that coach would be gone, like because yep. because that's like the the way that the culture of of you know right. What have you done for uh, me lately? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 there's there's much less of an, but even but even from that perspective, like what have you done for me lately? There's no there has been no point in his career when Jason Kidd has been a good coach. Like like he was like he improved the Mavs defense defense last year through like the first half of the season before it kind of regressed. Um, and I would argue that a lot of that is probably also just due to luck and lucky opponent three-point shooting and the fact that like half the league had COVID in December. That happened to Thibodeau. 
up in New York too. And I think that's why he's gotten like a couple extra years because they had one year where they led the league in like three point shooting defense. And there has been precisely no to date. We don't really understand why three point shooting defense happens outside of luck. Yeah. I mean, like, like, especially if it's, you know, three point defense on, you know, wide open or semi contested or whatever shots like that variation is, is mostly just random. Right. Um, but but yeah but but again the Mavs don't run an offense like they don't run many sets they don't do that much out there beyond just like let some guys go one on one like I, I genuinely believe if you replace kid with like an average college coach that the the the, the, the they would play significantly better just like anybody who knows how to like draw up a play yeah their out of timeout like, stuff is just shocking yeah I mean. It it is just like I, I don't know like I I feel like like do you do you have like a like a reference point in in the the league's past for like a coach that was like seemed to be this inept at like no because I don't know how much of that I really want to lay at kids' feet because I think Luca likes a read and react offense but when you do something like that particularly for certain guys they they can't play that way. I, so it, it, as much as I do want to criticize elements of what I think kid has done, Spencer definitely wants to ISO guys. Like that's the thing he wants to do. Luca definitely. And, and frankly, the math supports it. Luca, like an ISO Luca's one of the highest scorers in the league. We're not, you know, his, his, his per 100 possessions, he's basically scoring 50 points per 100 possessions. The man's a machine. Oh, I, so it, I'm not saying like that him doing this sort of stuff supports it, but the rest of the all, like it, nobody else can. And so it makes the rest of the offense look terrible whenever they pull him out. Well, but my feeling is largely that like, it's, it's not like they don't know how to play the style they play when Luca is in an ISOing. Like they know how to do that. Yeah. It's not, that's not difficult. You could, learned other other schemes like that you could play at other times or when Lucas need not playing well or when he's off the ball or whatever I mean or even when he is they could like occasionally cut to the basket or something like there's like it, it seems like just at least a 10 percent improvement in the offense would like like in the structure right yeah, but overall, I mean, this is just an embarrassing loss. I, you know, there was no point in the, in during the game in which I felt like they would win. Like, obviously they got off, you know, to a bad start, but I just didn't had like had no confidence that they would be able to win despite like Houston playing like. Just... <sighs> it stinks. It stinks. Well, thanks for hanging out, Brett. Thanks. All right. Last but not least, we're going to give a shot a chance again because we'll see if the audio works. What's going on, dude? What's up? Can you hear me now? There we go. Yes. Uh, so, like, I'm just, I'm just right now in this really weird, like, I'm feeling a sort of catatonia about the team. It's that we all saw this, like, coming. I guess we hoped this wouldn't be the case. But I think during the summer, like, at least, I don't know about every, but I kind of did resign myself that we what we saw last year was literally us performing at the highest optimum level that our team and the way the roster is built physically can. Like, that. that's genuinely the peak of each player on our team came during that playoff run, and we went to the Western Conference Finals. Great. Like, at least there's something for Luca to hang his hat on. But, like, other than that, right now, it's so depressing to just, like, today, what we were... This, the Rockets didn't even play well. Like, they were no, good they were defense. Awful. Like, this is one of those games where even if Luca played and was absolute garbage, we'd win just by virtue of how bad the other team was. This is, like, if we lost because they, went, they got hot, as teams like this usually do, it's one thing. Like, it's a little more palatable. But there's there's literally no reason to lose this game. Why why is George Green playing few minutes even then? It's because Jason Kidd went into the season misguided as hell 
on what Green can do because he thought Green will be one of the ball handlers. Well, you have to give so so I don't that part I don't hate because like I want to see what Green can do. No, you know, there, there's, I, like, I still disagree with most of our friends that want him to play like 25, 30 minutes and do stuff because he just he just doesn't have the the scoring shooting instinct to ever do some of this stuff. But I would have liked to have seen him do more stuff tonight running the offense. Like he can handle the ball, but, no, it, but for a whole season, that's a big risk. No, but what I'm seeing is even when he's getting the opportunity, the trust wanes. Like that that trust, like so confidently, yes, George Green, we will develop him into that role. But the opportunity should be there more. Especially because I understand like the only reason why Faku got the minutes he did was he was arguably the only creative player. I know Spence has had nine assists on the night, but truly like if you if you talk about how the offense was being run, only under Faku was there some actual creativity in the passing. So I understand why you would want then like to have Faku in that role over him. I just think develop Green as a wing if you have to. He can have good good ball handling chops, but don't develop that as his primary skill. I think if you put him in the Reggie Bullock role and just it's anyway a bad loss. It's Bullock is anyway not contributing anything. Fuck it, just let him play in that role, get Bullock out of the game and see what he does. He has been a little more willing to take shots this year. It might as well not fall. Like, that's okay. Because anyway, the shots weren't falling today. At that point, it's just like, at, you have to give the guy some run. If he can't fulfill the ball handling role you envision for him, try to put him in that 3 and D role more often. Because you can do that. Especially in a game like this, where you are, you are, you're short-handed. The team is ass. The other team is ass. Like you, it, it it just baffles me. Like the Bullock thing, I don't because yesterday he was hurt. You play him, and then you get a back to back, but you don't bench him. And then he's just playing bad, and you still don't bench him. Like playing Bullock today was arguably like there's literally I don't think there was any justification for that. Like what was he providing when you saw him play, even before you saw him play? Like, what was the expectation? We knew he was going into the game banged up. Like, give other players that opportunity. I'm really sad that the G League guys weren't there. I mean, I, that was, like I think that's, like, the big rub on it. Because if, if you, you go through kind of the box score and it's like, well, if you sit him, who who's playing? No, yeah. I, like, even if you, you don't know, like sit Henson, him, it's more about I mean, they the played role. They played 10 guys tonight. Uh, I mean, we left. Available. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's so, like I'm not saying bench Bullock. I understand having him there. I'm just not understanding the insistence on having him play more than Josh in this game. Josh yeah. is younger. He played less last game. He's not carrying injury with him. Like at that point, it's just a very fundamental coaching decision. Yeah. So, and you're like we discussed this. Like you're right about like kid had me fooled. Like I genuinely thought. Kid is a good is going to be a great coach for us, but all the like there were holes last year, but that second half really made up for the holes. So you could like live with it. Now it's just that he's actively costing us games. If you look at all six losses we have, they're so easy to pinpoint what went wrong, and so many of so much of their blame can just solely fall on Kid. Like we shouldn't have blown leads against OKC and Phoenix. We shouldn't have been absolutely hopeless offensively against the Wizards and the Magic. Uh, the Pelicans game, again, like they had nobody there, and like that's I I I also do think Luca was just really mailing it in on defense that game, but still that loss and now this loss, like the you could argue all the losses are inexcusable, and after a point, the accountability I don't know, like we can't keep blaming Reggie. Dorian and like all these other players around the lineup, McGee, for things that they fundamentally cannot do. So at that point, who do you blame? Nico? We blame Nico. We know the roster's ass. We know Cuban had a, a role role with it. It's just like all the bad decisions are just well, they, like they it's a house of, house of they, they just you know mistakes pile up over time. I mean, this has been this has been Josh and I's 
big corner since the start of 2019. I mean, I remember like I still have a show that we recorded. It's it's the first it's the free agency show from 2019. If it's not up on our, I, I'm pretty sure it's still up on the feed. If you want to go listen to it, where Josh and I are like losing our minds, going, "What are the Mavericks doing?" Because they just they 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 were not prepared for whatever happened in free agency, and like these little mistakes. Because like like you know, and again, it's super late. I'm, I'm I apologize, but it's worth. I just think it's worth rehashing. They traded away Harrison Barnes and developed a like. They and and so they had Porzingis, they had um, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Maxi Kleba, and then so they had those three guys, and so they start off free agency with a big chunk of cap space, the ultimate Mavs word. And so what they had the ability to do because they had the bird rights for all those guys is they had the ability to sign other players into that that existing cap space and then go over the salary cap with the three Mavericks uh, who would become Mavericks players that I eventually mentioned, they signed no one outside of Seth Curry, who ended up being a really good signing that year. But his contract was like remarkably good because they ended up you know, moving on from it fairly easily. But they, they essentially wasted the additional cap space. Now, why did they do that? I have two theories. The first was that they were not ready for free agency because they took Chris Stapps, Porzingis out to dinner and all of the signings happened. It was like Donnie had no idea what was going on. The second thing, and this is the really ugly thing that I, I'm just going to put out into the void, they didn't want to go into the luxury tax because Mark Cuban, despite paying it a ton in the 2000s, hadn't paid it for years getting into that. Now, that's a financial decision that the Mavericks chose to make. But when you do that and then you pivot into 2020 where you have a very terrible draft, sorry, terrible draft. Like I, You guys can like Josh Green all you want relative to the expectations of having a first-round pick and two second-round picks. It's a terrible draft. Terrible draft. And then from there, that we 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 are where we are. Yeah, I mean, what happened to Tyler Bay? Where is he? <laughs> like, I think we basically moved on from. I mean, yeah, and like for what? For nothing. Like in the sense, like the contribution that Tyler Bay has had on the Mavs. The thing is, wet. Like we know, like ever since, like. Luke has been drafted. It's like you said, it's just bad decision upon bad decision. I, the 2020 draft outside Desmond Bain, be it who, them hoping he'd fall to the second round and they can take him instead of uh, Tyrell Terry or uh, taking him with right. the pick that became green. Like, there are just mistakes ev- at just every corner you look. Yeah. I mean, like, but I think there's only two positive things that we can look at which is moving off the Porzingis contract when we did and getting what we did for it. Like, uh, I think Spencer is perfectly reasonable. I know today was horrible, but like, otherwise you can't really complain for what Spencer has given the Mavs. Right now, he's basically our second best player, like objectively. So uh, you basically replace one guy for the other and Spencer has been, again, very like, we're lucky in that sense. Spencer has been available. He has the injury bug, we forget. So it's good that he's been available. I hope he stays available. It's just that one or two pieces of this roster get hurt. We're so fucked. We went like after the like after December when the roster was relatively healthy for the rest of the year, outside of Tim, we coped really well. And this year I just do not have that confidence. And this is not just Luca. I feel like either Re- Reggie or Dorian go out for a long time, we're like screwed on the wing. If uh, Kleber goes out, we're screwed. He's out right now. And like, if he's out for a long time, we'd be even more screwed. It's just that, and these are not like, you know, top of the line players that you should be so reliant on, which is which is the baffling part. It's the decision. It's one thing about do- making bad decisions. And it's another thing to actively not move on from them. And uh, I don't know what's the sense of belief in the Mavericks camp. What gives them all of this confidence that Tim Hardaway Jr. will be our free agent. Like you said, Kristaps Porzingis is our free agent. Like, where do they get the goal? When you see how the league moves and you see how all other teams are bending over backwards trying to get whatever winning piece they can, this, like, really laissez-faire attitude about, like, you know, what we do with the roster around our superstar, it's just laughable. And anyway, this season, I still don't think we should like, you know, bring out the drums and be like, fuck, it's over. 
we're ruined, the roster's bad. We, we know all of this. We knew all of this last year when the roster was worse. It's just that when you have, like, if Luca is this all-time great we're projecting him to be, he will take us to the playoffs and we will most likely be in the playoffs comfortably. We've seen, like, that's what MVPs do. So it's like, it's time for him to show that he's truly that level of an MVP because we know what he can do. But over 82 games, and uh, I don't think he's fat. I think I think he needs to be a little bulky, like to do what he does. He's getting the rim. So, well, yeah, and I'm, I'm gonna. I need to go to bed. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, more so, oddly enough, Ishan, we're getting a little feedback there at the end. That was interesting. Okay, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out. We'll be back Friday night because it's not like I do anything other than map stuff. Uh, apologize if my audio is a little bit soft. I got to figure out this mic thing um, that Spotify sent me. Uh, I put it right in front of my mouth. I can't really do anything different, but I don't know. Maybe it's my fault. Like most things are. Okay, guys, be good. Talk soon. Go Mavs. <laughs>